But I hate when I feel like this And I never hated you Neurotica is a weekly podcast going to the deepest, darkest parts of the mind and bringing them to light. Topics range on mental illness, behavior, and perception, and more. Please be warned, many episodes contain trigger warnings. If you ever have thoughts of suicide, please call the suicide hotline at 1-800-273-8255. Hello, and welcome to Neurotica. My name is Cody Ryan, joined today once again by my co-host, Booby Styles, a.k.a. Bobby. How are you doing today, Bobby? I'm doing pretty good. I'm really tired right now. I've gotten very little sleep this week, so I'll probably be uh, medium to not at all energetic during this episode. So, Well, that's great. It's a good thing you're not on any new medication that might uh, put you in the same state of mind. Exactly. I feel like this is the episode people are going to really turn into and be like, wow, these guys have energy. <laughs> um now, it has been a big week for both of us uh, to a lot of degrees, but more so probably me. If you listen to the last episode, um, alluded to the fact that I would be going to a psychologist. Um, not only did I do, go to a psychologist yesterday, um, over the weekend, I uh, went to get like, it was like a four-day weekend at the beach, spent three days at uh, Lewis, Delaware, and um, kind of a juxtaposition of some of the things we've talked about on the podcast before where I have inabilities to enjoy vacations and it's funny enough that I came back from right from the vacation to go to the psych, which is more, you know, kind of solution oriented. It's like the timing's bad. It's like, okay, go do the fun thing you'll hate and go do the thing that you think you should hate that will make life better. <laughs> like Yeah. How was the fun thing that you hated? Um <laughs> or did you hate the fun thing that you did? No, it was it was a good time. I just was very irritable. Like I just I'm in a very like fragile place right now where i wanted to sleep like the entire vacation i did sleep a lot and then it was actually like i came back monday night and tuesday i wanted to wake up at, like i had off work i wanted to wake up at like 10 30 you know sleeping a little bit but get some stuff done but nothing like too serious i had like some stuff to mail um some like errands to run but then play some video games and stuff i wasn't up to like one and I didn't set an alarm, so it's partly my fault, but I just, I guess, assumed my body at some point, like, what time is it? It's 10.30. Let me get up. And that didn't happen. But yeah. <laughs> but it, it was a good weekend, but, like, there was very much that dread that I was talking about where, like, as every day passed, I was already to the point where I was already back at work. Like, the Sunday night, that's, like, Sunday scariest, but even, like, the Saturday night, knowing, like, okay, I had this one day left of this four-day weekend... And it's just so weird that, like, you know, how there's dynamic shifts of, like, you take a three-day weekend, obviously Sunday is no longer scary, but then Monday is. But I, I felt like a four-day weekend would be fine, because I'm like, oh, I'll go back Wednesday, it's a three-day weekend, three-day weekend, then back to a weekend, but, um, yeah, Tuesday night was pretty rough for me, I uh, could not get into good state of mind, I, I wasn't, like, dangerously bad, it's just, I just was not happy, um, and then, yeah, went back to work and it wasn't too bad. And then I had a looming psych appointment. So that was kind of like a weird, you know, <laughs> looking forward to getting off of work for the four-day weekend, going on the four-day weekend, dreading everything, and then coming back to it. And it was just kind of, it, it was obviously not ideal mindset for a vacation, which is me to a T. Yeah, that that kind of vacation is tough. The two big vacations that I've taken um in the last year have both been you know four day 
I've had off maybe like a, a day before and after, but in the place that I've been, LA and Dublin, it's been four days. And when you have four days, it's like, it seems like a lot when you think of a normal weekend as being, you know, two days. But when you're in a place for four days, the time really zips by and yeah. you really feel the pressure of, oh, oh my God, like this is the thing that I've been looking forward to for so long. And now there's only three days left, two days left. I really got to make the most of it. And it's really, it's, you, you feel a lot of pressure to enjoy yourself and it's like hard to enjoy yourself when you're feeling pressure, you know? Yeah. And, we, and even to say we were there for three days, I mean, we were there, we got there uh, Saturday um, around, I want to say like four, part of the reason being because we would have left probably Friday night, but I had a concert, a Hosier concert, take me to church, all my friends know that's a big thing in my life, uh, terrible concert. Should not pronounced Hosier. Yeah, great. Um, I should not have went to the concert, it was just, it was at bb and I was in the lawn, uh, Japanese Breakfast was good, did not play the song I wanted. Roadhead? Yeah, sure. Is that even a song? I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, the one I like is Essentially. Um, but Essentially what? Essentially Roadhead. Okay. Um, that's essentially what the song is. It just Anyway, listen to You that. can tell that we're really high energy right now. Yeah, I Cody don't... has no patience for even like the beginning of a bit. Okay, but we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get to the reason why my... <laughs> I'm so, like, eh, right now. But basically, you know, I went to the concert. was kind of in a cranky mood already from other things. You know, like, impending, you know, leave for the beach and having to get stuff ready. I hadn't packed or anything like that. But then, like, we even got tickets to move to, like, the lower bowl. We were, like, 12 rows back. And I, I think Hozier is good. I think he's puts on a pretty good show. It was, like, BB&T during kind of a festival. So it probably would be better in, like, an actual concert. Um... But I just was not feeling a set list, and the people around me were going fucking insane. Like, he was, like, Justin Timberlake or some shit. It was just completely surreal. Got the hell out of there. Kind of regretted it. Um, got to the beach and just kind of wanted to sleep the entire time I was there. Yeah, so for those listening that don't know, BB&T um, used to be called the Tweeter Center and the Wells Fargo Center, I think. And it is a... Wachovia. Wachovia. Wait, oh no, no, sorry. Wells Fargo is the the name of where the Sixers and Flyers. But then but. Wachovia was was it Susquehanna? Susquehanna Bank. Bank. Susquehanna yeah. Bank Center. So this is a place that is uh, a pretty famous, uh, pretty important concert venue for Philadelphia. But it's not in Philadelphia. It's in Camden, New Jersey, and it's sort of a whole thing to get there in a way that other places, other concert venues aren't. Like if you're going. Um, to see something at Citizens Bank Park or the Link or the Wells Fargo Center, you just take the subway um, like down to way south Philly and go tailgate a little bit, whatever, take the subway back. To get to BB&T, you have to go basically Spruce Harbor Park in general, that area, and take a ferry. Or you need to drive all the way across the bridge into Camden and drive in. So it's like it's sort of a whole thing to get there. And so that means that the concert has to be a little bit better and a little more fun in order to be worth it than a concert at a more convenient to get to location yeah and even add one of the like options to get there you can also take um patco which is like it's new jersey transit but this specific one is between um pennsylvania and new jersey but the stop isn't even like necessarily like next to bbnt 
it's doable, but it's still a 10 minute walk to the point where it's like just as inconvenient as any of the other methods. So what makes it unique that make you want to go out of the way for it is it's similar to the man center if you've ever been there, but it's set up kind of, um, in a way, like, I guess, a you know, an opera hall, but it's not or like indoor. an amph- it's amphitheater. Yeah. It's like it's in not the- indoors. It's there's the- a big lawn. Yeah. There's a side, there's seating up front, but there's no assigned seating on the lawn. So you just kind of like yeah. bring a blanket, find your spot. But the inconvenience of getting there from the city or the sub, wherever you're coming from, the inconvenience of getting there makes you can be more irritated when you get there. And if you're not in the frame of mind and the set list isn't great, it just can kind of all spiral pretty quickly into not yeah. being that good of a time. But I will say the one moment that I really did enjoy is that um, being on the lawn, it was a little bit steep of a hill, not like steep enough that I could just like start rolling down it if I was just like playing. But I kept turning and joking to my girlfriend, Tammy, and keep in mind, I was messed up a little bit from whatever it is I do before I go to concerts. Um, and I kept joking to her, though. I was like, well, wouldn't it be funny if somebody fell down this hill and just took a bunch of people out? And she's like, there's no way you could run down this hill. You, like, you wouldn't fall and like, start hitting people. You'd just like, fall on your face, catch yourself, even though it's like a downward trend. And I was like, well, if you're drunk enough, and you do the one of those things where you stumble... But you think you can catch yourself, and in that catching yourself, you really just start sprinting forward. I bet some drunk dude could do that, that just start, like, head over heels rolling like a tire into a bunch of people. And every single drunk person I saw ran by, I got a little kick out of that. So it wasn't complete failure of a night. I did get a chance to entertain myself. I think what was frustrating me is, like, we, we got in a little bit of fight, too, where it's like, he decided to play Take Me to Church at the very end. That's not surprising at all. No. Should have gone in with that expectation. Yes, which I I knew. But Tammy likes to look at set lists, and I told her, I'm like, I need to save for taking me to church. I have the videos. I keep meeting the post on the Twitter as a joke, which at this point is probably past. But I had to stay for it. Like, that's the whole, like, part of my gimmick and shtick. I legitimately like Hosier. But if I'm going to the Hosier concert for anything, it's to get video take me to church as a joke. Yeah, as a bit. (laughs) And she was talking about leaving before. And I was like, that's literally not gonna happen i was like that's literally the only option. and she's like well you know it's gonna be late and i was like yes but i'm at the concert and i told you that i was going to this concert so yeah but the ubers and i was like i literally told you i was coming to this concert so like in the middle of songs i was getting frustrated because i was like well we're arguing about this i just want to sing and then when i would like want to talk about it he was playing garbage um but then we got the tickets kind of made up for some things we were a little closer saw people having a religious experience to hosier for whatever reason he got, took them to church. Yeah, he did take them to church, and then we got out of there. And I just like I like I even had the conversation with her, and I was like, "Well, you know, what if I was bothering you during your favorite?" She's like, "Well, I've seen my favorite a lot," and I'm like, "That's a good point." Because I'm never gonna see Hosier the fuck again. I saw him for this one time. He's coming back, and I was like, "No, I'm not. I'm not going to that show." <laughs> so yeah, so she made your point for you. Yeah, and I was just like, "Sure, yeah." And so the, we had that weird concert, and then. um had to pack went back to her place snuggled with my cat a little bit um and then even more stressed we were just running late for the um the train there was a lot of miscommunication i won't get into all that but basically we got the train by one of the people working at um i guess this was a septa train yeah one of the septa people saying 
hold on, you have two more. Like, literally telling the conductor, do not move, more people are coming. Sheesh. That's how close we were to missing this train. So that was, like, the setup for, we're getting on this train to go to Wilmington to meet my dad, because it's more convenient, he drives us down. We drive down, it's fine. Um, what was just getting really stressful during the weekend was I already was in this very bad place where I wasn't even looking forward to the weekend. But my girlfriend, naturally very curious about my mother, who passed away um, about 10 years next month, or I guess now this month, August, in about two weeks will be 10-year anniversary. Um, she was asking a lot of questions to my father, told him to bring pictures and stuff. And she wanted to talk to me about my mother, and it's a sort of subject. I didn't really want to talk about it. So we had a lot of fun. We, we still went to the beach. We actually went to this place that's um, very similar to, like, uh, I guess a place I've been to in, I want to say, Mexico? I don't know, but it was, like, very much like a... a Oh, there's a place in Dewey, Delaware, actually, like this. But it's it's kind of like a, a bar on the beach, but, like, there's live music playing, too. And the beach is really small, but it was a lot of fun. Had a great time there. We'd go to the beach. We'd go to the boardwalk. But I just felt myself being snippy the whole time. Like, the vacation wasn't actually bad. I was just, nobody did anything wrong, but I was being snippy. And they were all, like, forgiving me. And like, no, it's great. We're happy. And I was just like, what the fuck's wrong with people? Kicking in my negativity cycle, so got out of that, got back to work with just like this looming psych appointment coming, and I I was scared, you know, and there's definitely the moments of like, <laughs> should I go to this? So, um, it it was an interesting four day weekend to say the least, and to come back, you know, right away, I go to the psychologist, and that's. That was my weekend. Was more like when, when do I get to the site? When do you get to the site? Yeah. Did you used to go to concerts at, um, like the Tweeter Center and shit when you were in high school? No, I. That was actually my first time being there. Like, I honestly remember there always being shows at either Susquehanna or the Tweeter Center that I wanted to go to, but I was like young and like there wasn't any feasibility for me to get there, right? Or like didn't have somebody want to go with me, so. I didn't go, but I remember that was, like, the spot for a while. Like, if I listen to, like, 93.3, they're, they're talking about the next concerts at the Tweeter Center. You know, if it's, like, Pearl Jam's coming through, they're either going to play, at, you know, um, the the Spectrum, or they're going to play at the Tweeter Center, it would feel like, you know. Yeah, I went to a couple when I was younger. The first, the first like, concert that I ever went to, like, without my parents, like, with friends and shit, was the Fray at the Tweeter Center. <laughs> and I just went, and I got so fucking hammered. I was 16... I guess, 16 years old. And I, like, don't remember the show at all. Like, was basically browned out. I was, like, arguing with the security guy who I don't know if I realized he was a security guy because I was, like, smoking a black and mild, which I guess you're not allowed to do. Probably not. And I, like, didn't have a way home, and I happened to run into my, like, dad's cousin's daughter who, like, used to babysit me when I was younger, and she, like, drove me home. I just fucking like banner moment. I just white man my way fucking through like into a ride home somehow. And then the next, well, the other like big one that I went to in high school was the glow in the dark tour, Kanye and Rihanna. But I ended up like swigging vodka in the parking lot and got so drunk that they like put me in drunk jail and my dad had to come pick me up. Sounds like you should not go to that location again. No, I'm good now. It was just I when I was in <laughs> high school, I had no idea how to like pace myself for a full day, and so one time at 
worked out and was like really fun and a good story and the other time i missed out on fucking kanye and rihanna and a thing that i would fucking love to go to now and pay way more way more money and i yeah. had to wait for my dad to pick me up yeah that that's that's a little rough uh <laughs> i don't know if there's any defending that one um but yeah i i think like for me i had actually the, the exact opposite experience of like um wow this could have been really cool but um I guess it's not the complete opposite, but, like, had an opportunity like that, and then it got fucked over, and I was just like, man, why am I this stupid, is, um, I was actually, it was, like, Halloween, it was the last Pearl Jam show at the Spectrum, and at the time, I was really into Pearl Jam, not so much these days, but, um, I've even talked to people who were there and said it was, like, the best show ever, because the Spectrum meant a lot to Pearl Jam, even though they're a Seattle band, it's a place they sold out a lot, Philly's been you know, really good to them. I think they had a banner there, didn't they? Yeah, they have a they have a banner, I think, in Wells Fargo as well, as kind of a part of it. Um, but, like, you know, that was a big thing for them, and it was like the Spectrum was closing, so it was historic. It was the same night as um, my homecoming. And I was like, okay, well, I want to go to this Pearl Jam show. I'm a loser. I don't get asked to homecoming anyway. And this girl that I, like, had the weirdest like connection to and friendship to out of nowhere and I was really attracted to but was too chicken shit scared to make a move on because I knew like my other guy friend liked her and stuff she asked me and I'm like well there you go okay shit. okay yeah, I think I've got something going here <laughs> you know I'm gonna go to this show or like I'm not gonna go to the show I'm gonna go to the homecoming and this will be way better than any Pearl Jam concert like yeah. my, my cop some titty yeah, in my head it was like, this could be like, at the time it would have been my first kiss too. I was like, this could be my first kiss. Like, that's got to be better than some random Pearl Jam show. Well, what ended up happening was she stood me up. I went alone and uh, Pearl Jam put on what was considered probably one of the most historic shows they've ever put on. So <laughs> I didn't know that people actually stood people up. Oh, no, it happened. <laughs> she said, I just don't think I can go. I think there was some drama in the back end because my friend was like super jealous. And I think still talked to her about it. I pissed him off, which I was just mostly like, I don't really know what's going on. This girl likes me. I don't know you that well. <laughs> so I was just kind of going with it. I don't know. High school I, was so fucking stupid. Yeah, I mean, I'm like a sophomore year and a sophomore year of high school, too. It's like not like any of us were thinking rationally anyway. So it's not like catastrophic. But I, you know, now I'm like, okay, if I said my sophomore year of high school, I saw Pearl Jam's last show at the Spectrum, that would have been something. Not, uh, I went to homecoming with this girl that is kind of flaky. <laughs> so, Not awesome. Yeah, so that that's for me uh, early concert experiences. I think that's why I didn't go to concerts for a while. It just like it ended up always end up feeling like a hassle, like something else was given up. But you know, I I do have some other concerts coming up. I'm excited about been to some concerts already this year. I'm I'm just starting to feel more and more. I'm like I'm not a concert guy unless I'm, like, so ready to sing every song that the person is playing. Yeah, I mean, I love going to concerts. I'm going to two this weekend, uh, and I went to one on Sunday, a house show at a place that's, like, right above Boot and Saddle in Philadelphia. And for the first... Before it started and through the first act, it was, like, okay. I was just like, ah, oh, fuck, I kind of just want this to be over. <laughs> I just want to leave. But then the next two bands uh, ended up being really good. So, but like there are a lot of times when if I'm not like totally into the band and like not really feeling it as much, where I'm just like, hmm, I 
I like this band, but I would just like this to be over. Yeah, and that's definitely like a really awkward feeling. Especially like if you have anywhere to be after a concert and your thought is I can't wait to get out of this concert to go to that thing, that's when you know it's bad. It just makes you feel like you're like you don't like music that much, just yeah. maybe as much as you thought you did and if you're someone like me who, you know, really thinks of themselves as loving music and knowing music, having that feeling um is like almost a little like mini identity crisis where it's like do i actually not love music as much as i think i do and if i kind of define myself by that a little bit like internally and externally that's hmm that's a that's not a great feeling yeah (laughs) and you know that feeling like i'll be honest though when you think about everybody in the world probably only you has that feeling you're probably the only person who is um kind of putting on this facade that you like music to this degree to the point that you're showing up to these shows and just wasting everybody's time and air and space. All right, that's it's kind of more mean than funny or anything, but okay. <laughs> I had a great time doing it, so I really don't see the difference. Uh, I don't like this new Cody. You need to new, get off your medication, dude. New drugs are, well, let, let's talk. Let's about get it. to that. Yeah. yeah so I, I went to my site today. I walk in, and um, this like actually happens to be in the same building of. Um, my current therapist just a floor down even so the good news there is there wasn't like this initial panic attack of like Not where the where hell will like go and stuff like that and which is huge relief for me can we also just remind people that maybe didn't listen to last week's episode that your therapist is like 80 years old and was like asking you about your occupation oh. about whether he was going to accept you and yeah the psychologist so i mean the story itself will definitely lend a lot to those features but basically he's in his 80s to give you some like jump ahead information, he made a joke to me that um, he said was referenced like that was basically origins in the thirties. So that's not great. Um, <laughs> Jesus, it was like a Livingston joke though. I mean, people know who Livingston is. He he said Stanley. If I heard Livingston, I would actually because I know the reference, Mister Livingston. I He's presume a point guard for the great. Clippers and the Warriors. He was waived. He's a free agent currently. I said um, he was. Yeah. Well, you know what? Why don't we talk about him as if he did not die? Okay. Anyway, if he said Mr. Livingston, I presume I would understand. He said Mr. Stanley, I presume, which was supposed to be a pawn off a joke based on Stanley and Livingston in the 30s. Way over Are they like head. Laurel and Hardy? and? Yeah. They're, okay. they're like those guys. But I think it was one of them tried to explore Africa, got lost, the other one saved the other one. Um, sure. Yada, 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 bada bing, bada boom. So when I went in, you know, it was very similar to my experience on the phone where I'm I'm talking to this old dude who's asking about my occupation and saying, oh, financial analyst, I'm, I'm not so sure about those, basically. I guess the words he used were, um, I've heard mixed reviews on financial analysts, but still don't know what that means. He never explained or extrapolated on that later. Sexually, he means probably. You sure. Um, but I, I go into the office and he told me basically what's going to happen is you're going to fill out forms for 30 minutes and then you're going to, um, have this session. I was sitting in the room. I filled out what I could. There were some definitely sections that I was like, either were extremely redundant or I was like, I don't know if I can handle, like, I don't think I have the information. Like, do you really want the address of my primary care physician? I'm not looking that up. Like you can do that. Yeah. Um, so I'm doing all that and he finally comes out and. I guess he, like, got mad at me for not knocking on the door that I was dumb, but he just looked generally confused. Get in. 
starts to talk to me about philosophy. And I'm worried this guy's going to be like a huge hard ass and basically be like thrilling me like, do you really have mental illness? What I found out is he wasn't that at all. I, I was very taken aback by who he is. He is older. He's moving a little slower. He's in his 80s. The coolest thing he told me today was that he was actually on a board in 1974, I think he said, of like six or seven doctors <coughs> at the um, request of President Nixon to decide, uh, you know, if there is a feasibility to marijuana being legal. All, all the six or seven of them unanimously voted that marijuana should be legal. Uh, Nixon ignored this. I'm sure nobody is shocked by that, but that's my little piece of history right now is that my... Uh, Current psychologist told Nixon to legalize weed, and Nixon was like, nah, I'm a big, huge piece of shit. Which, Bob, you surprised by that one? Uh, yeah, I'm going to say no, actually. Okay, then. Not surprised then. by it at all. Didn't, didn't expect it to. But, you know, I actually had a really good session. Um, I was a little dismayed when I sat down. His office is basically what you think an office would look like. A college professor with tenure that is just throwing anything he's ever gotten, like, now onto a table to never be sorted through again. So just shit lying everywhere, but like a lot of books. He literally had a candy jar with hard candies with that were so old they didn't have wrappers and were actually melting into the jar. Like stereotypes like that. Kind of rubbing his eyes, talking slowly. But... He was, I'm, I'm picturing the guy from like the Pixar, like animated shorts who plays chess against himself. Yeah, it, it, you know, it's funny you say that because I got that picture right away and I'm like, it's not too far off, but... <laughs> The guy was extremely intelligent. It was actually extremely nice. He was talking to me about, like, you know, here's how I'm going to, um, you know, try to work through things with you. Gave me some examples. Felt like I needed to be very honest. At one point, we had an awkwardness of, like, trying to clarify something. But he seemed legitimately excited for me to get better. And what he eventually did is he prescribed me Klonopin. I will not take this three times a day. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's described to me as a kind of uh management drug but like it's like xanax but it's a lot weaker and it's not like you take it when you you would take xanax when you're having a freak out you take it more just like throughout the day just to keep your mood like even (sighs) kind of yeah it's it's i mean i wouldn't say it's a stabilizer necessarily the same way other things are i would say it's more of um way he was describing it is basically your brain has an alarm in it that goes off and it's like actually a piece of your brain that's supposed to be like the kind of the anxiety portion to say, you know, fight or flight or freeze. And some people just have generalized anxiety disorder, which sounds very generalized. But he, he said, you know, very specifically, like, you know, that sounds broad. But what I can tell just by you having generalized anxiety disorder diagnosis right there um, that you just. Did he bury the lead or did you already know that? No, I already knew that. I was okay. just saying like. <laughs> I just every time I get a diagnosis, I always want to like make the point. Like, so people are like, are you actually this? I'm like, yeah, this psych send this thing to me. Because three different people told me three different. I had PTSD, general anxiety disorder, and gonorrhea, depending on which doctor you ask. I don't know if he was just like, all right, so you have general anxiety disorder. So here, here, here. And you're like, wait, back up. I have what? <laughs> yeah, no, I knew. Um, and it's not like he was like, well, you generally have anxiety. And I was like, is that a thing? And he's like, yeah, generalize it. No, he said, yeah, it sounds broad. It sounds like everybody has it. But, you know, very specifically, I can tell you just basically have an overactive part of your brain that, you know, is that alarm going off. And what this is going to do is you'll take this pill three times a day and it'll help push that back. 
Right. So it's not generalized anxiety like a lot of the population has it. It's just anxiety that's kind of about everything. Yeah, it's like, I mean, I, I kind of told him the big example we talked about was, he's like, well, why why do you really want to be here? And I, I kind of had to get into some, like, personal stuff about it, even friendships. And Having like, a podcast. <sighs> I'm sorry, I cannot stop calling. Um, but basically, he's, not just a podcast, but he's just like, well, what what is your, you know, what's your deal is basically what he asked. And, like, why are you here? What do you think I can do to help you? And I, I started getting the story, talk about just some of the general, like, oh, well, I'm anxious, can't sleep, whatever. But then I tried to get the example, and this is where it got kind of awkward just because it was hard to talk about, was I told him, I was like, I think I'm poisoning all my friends. And he's like, well, what do you mean by that? And I, like, gave him an example. He's like, oh, so you, like, like purposely, you know, do shit to upset your friends. I'm like, no. I just, like, drag them into my shit. Like... And I gave him a story, and I was like, and at the end of the story, basically, I was crying, and I said, I'm a bad person. He's like, well, first of all, let, let's take a step back. Let, let's say instead of I'm a bad person, I did a bad thing. And he's like, and you talked about, you know, what goes around comes around. That's a legit thing. You know, it's a feedback loop. You put in negativity, you get negativity back. So generally, my concern. Yeah, it's not like a cosmic thing. It's just a thing if you act badly people are going to perceive you badly and treat you badly. Yeah, and he even said that. It's, he said it's not nothing to be read in the cosmos. It's just basically if you're negative to somebody, their natural reaction is going to be negative back to you. You get that negative, and you're just doing feedback to each other. And you can break out of that by, you know, I guess breaking the ice or, you know, whatever. But I'm just kind of in this negative feedback loop by myself. Now, that's a one 45-minute session. We haven't discovered anything crazy or anything, like, groundbreaking. But it was very reassuring to go back in there and he says, I, you know, I feel very good about you. I think we're, you have a good mind. We're going in the right direction. I think you, he, he made it seem to me and, you know, I, I didn't give him enough of the story to say that I'm confident that the, the answer is right. But he said to me, I am so confident that this clonopin is going to, you know, do what you need, that you will improve. And maybe that's not the whole mix, but I've taken now four doses of it. You feel it right away. There's no transition period. <coughs> Sorry. Um, and I am now feeling, you know, a little bit calmer, a little bit more clear-headed, um, not like a life-changing amount. It's not like I took it and was like, oh, my God, that's what's been missing. That's a... But I do feel like I'm not in such a panic mode. Um, and it's just I'm still trying to figure out the dosage. He said there it might be too little, it might be too much, and it's kind of up to me to kind of feel it out. Sometimes I can double doses, I can skip a dose, I can half a dose. Um, so still a feeling out process, and you know we're only in day full day one, so it's usually hard with those kind of drugs to say. The, the difference being that clonopin acts right away, where uh, some of my other drugs like Lexapro and stuff, they take two weeks. So. Yeah, that was what I was curious about um, coming over today because we hadn't really discussed this off the air. Um, Cody and I both wanted it to be kind of a fresh conversation. Um, so we were, oh, so I was learning about it in real time. Um, and I do know that a lot of times medications like this or medications for disorders and things like this take a while to kick in and not stabilized, but they take a while to like kind of take effect. So I wasn't sure what if Cody would have an idea of if it was helping or not yet. Um, if there are 
would be like a placebo effect or anything like that. So, and I know nothing about Clonopin. I heard it heard of it in like a song once. Yeah, and that's it. So, <laughs> so, so you you're on dose number four now, full day number one, and you already are experiencing the effects. How? What are you thinking so far? Um, I mean, I think the biggest surprise for me is that it's not so stark, but it's very calming. I mean. I know a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, you take CBD oil. I'm like, I guess this is the feeling people who are taking CBD oil for because there, there's still some like adjustment for me to say, is this, you know, making me a little too numb or am I still a little too jacked up and need to up it? But it's, you know, as it being described as kind of like a, a mini Xanax to me by somebody else, it's, it's more of a Xanax that I take just knowing that things happen with me. It's not ad hoc. Like you take Xanax. It's like, I'm having a freak out. Let me take a Xanax. I know some people do it just kind of frequently because they need to, but it's more of just like, Hey, just keep taking it. This is just going to kind of put things in line based on what I've had so far. It's a weird feeling. I guess the feeling that's coming back is boredom because when I was bored before and laying around, there was a lot of negativity that would come with it. Last night was one of the first nights in a while where I was just bored, bored. Do you miss the drama? I mean, I I, I don't know, but like... There is like... I mean, I, I haven't had it <sighs> clinically, but I, I do know having gone through low periods, like... And you can correct me if this is different if it when it is like a medical thing and not like a life sucks thing. But I did used to find that there was... You would like romanticize like the feeling down a little bit. You'd be like... Oh, this is the bad times, kind of, or like make yourself out to be like the tortured protagonist, stuff like that. Um, whereas, I mean, you have one day basically where you go from one to the other. Yeah, no, and I I completely agree with that. And I mean, I even talked in the session, just like you know, not knowing who I am and having a lot of like signs in the past of like thinking I'm an antihero or something. So it was a weird feeling, and there definitely is this, like, kickback thought of, like, okay, well, is this real? Are you still who you are? Did you just change? Like, is good good enough? Like, to to have a moment of clarity last night, and maybe it's a complete placebo effect. I, I completely know that my depression is not cured. I will have depression still. I'm not delusional about that, but I have not been given any kind of anxiety management medicine that's like targeted like this i've taken zoloft which helped my anxiety a lot but this is like a targeted you're over anxious this will make you stop being over anxious to have that clarity moment there definitely was this identity crisis right with it it's like but i've always been the miserable guy and i've always been doing something even when i'm doing nothing because there's always a churning and now i'm like uh i'm upset because Nah, I'm not. Like, literally, like, that was, like, a moment I had last night. I'm like... You, like, feel the absence of yeah. like, being, like, worked up about something? And then there's, like, that... There's even, like, the, you know, that voice in the back of your head that's, like, maybe you're a bad person. I'm like, bro, are you still back there? Like, I'm more aware that he's there, though, even. So, like... And I think that's good. I, I, I think even some of the books I've read have talked about being aware of your thinking is kind of one of the ways to even break it. And my therapist, or my psychologist, you know... He was very good at actually relating to me ways that didn't feel cheesy but felt relevant. One of the ones being that he brought up Mr. Rogers, which when he brought up Mr. Rogers, I was like, oh my 
God, like, dude, really? And I don't, I'm not saying Mr. Rogers is dating himself, but it, it does kind of feel funny that, like, I'm 26 in the 2019 that you would bring up Mr. Rogers. He's probably like, Mr. Rogers was a, <laughs> was a fine young man yeah. <laughs> back when I was back when I was in my mid-aughts or yeah. but, mid-50s, whatever. But then what he <laughs> actually, you know, said was, is Mr. Rogers always, you know, had this phrase, it's like, if you can mention it, you can manage it. And that is very, very relevant therapy because, I mean, a lot of times you can't even mention something. You're never going to work past it. And he talked about co-processing, which is just a general therapy term, a meaning that, like, your therapist or psychologist or whatever, their goals in the first couple of weeks are just trying to think the way you think, which I never really, like, gave too much thought to. Like, not just even thinking the way people think, but, like, having to think, like, how does Bobby react to these things? They're like method thought. actors almost. Yeah, like I, you have to be in the person's head and then you start co-processing it. So it's almost as if, and it's one of those things where it's like more so, I don't know how any of these psychologists, therapists taking on other people's pain like this. I'm sure that's part of the it's training. Like, it's like the giver. Yeah. Like they're trying to feel what you're feeling and process it the way you would process it. And like you feel like there has to be some pain in that because how else would they be able to relate and help you? Yeah, and like they... They need to think like you think, and they need to be able to, like, make progress the way you make progress. Because if you make the progress, and you fall off, and they're not there to catch you, then at the end of the day, like, they're not a very good therapist. I mean, really, it's just, they, they're doing half their job. It's not just about unearthing the things that are bothering you and saying, here's how to cope. It's unearthing the things that bother you and saying, okay, we're in this now, let's untangle it yeah it's not purely academic the way you might think it is if you like watch Frasier yeah and it's not even as dramatic as if you watch Good Will Hunting which obviously that's a movie they need to compact some things like I've never and I know that movie is even they played up as yeah. he's an irrational therapist but he just has the one patient yeah but I, I've <laughs> never had a moment obviously where I go you know like it's not your fault not but, yet but I've never even had a moment where like my therapist is that vulnerable with me. I don't know anything about her life. Like I've got glimpses and stuff. And my psychologist, like you don't know tell- if his wife wife wakes herself up by farting or anything. Nope, don't know that at all. Um, but then even you know the guy today. Maybe if you get better at math, they'll help you out more. Great. I don't know what your bit is. Talking about goodwill hunting. You brought it up, dude. I'm on these pills and I'm a little high, so I'm gonna blame those. Even though it's probably just because I wasn't really tuned in what's going on. Um, Great. Hey, man, I'm on pills and you're not, so you have to be nice to me. Okay, but you were saying that you haven't gotten to the point where your therapist is, like, that vulnerable with you. Yeah, but I, I do I do appreciate today the guy was like, you know, he brought up the Nixon thing. Because I, I told him, I was just like, look, dude, I, I smoke weed sometimes. And he said, I'd like you to smoke, like, pull back on the weed because the clonopin will, you know, help make your brain right where the weed will make you think differently. But then he even said... I'm not against weed. I was on this panel. I voted to legalize it. So it was basically just like him like... Giving his cool guy bona fides. Well, it's just like, I thought this 80-year-old dude was going to be like, you're a fucking idiot. That's how you live your life. But he's just like, look, man, here's my opinion on it. I don't think you should, but whatever. (laughs) That's what it felt like. He's like, I'm cool with it. I don't think you should, but I don't want to be a hypocrite either. But I mean, and then he like... I asked him every all my questions about the drugs, and I said, hey, man, like, you know, what's the, 
you know, the transition period. He goes, you'll feel it right away. And I was like, okay, that seems weird. You're lying. Um, Because nothing else I've experienced works right away. And I'm like, oh, it's... Sounds weird, yeah. Yeah. And then I'm like thinking there'll be negative side effects. But I'm like, do I stop the Lexapro? He's like, nah, stay the Lexapro. And I was like, mad, because I'm blaming that for getting fat. Um, (laughs) Even though it's not weed. Uh, But... You're not even fat. I know. But (laughs) it's it's not good. I'm not healthy. I'm not in shape. Um, But... The thing is, then, like, I went and got the stuff, and I was like, there's no way. And then I took it, and I realized one of our friends had actually given me a pill once, and it might have been that pill. Because it wasn't, like, a high or anything. I took it right away, and my mood didn't really change until I kind of just was sitting there, and it was just, like, the loud barking of hate in the back of my own head towards me a little bit gone. And I'm a little bit clearer and, like, oh, I can go cook dinner now or go do this thing and i'm cooking dinner and i make this huge mistake where i drop this tilapia flay in this pan a little too fast like i'd like to say it slipped out my hand the real answer is i'm a dumbass so i drop this tilapia in the the pan with hot oil splash it on my face bobby you're probably noticing what that is now and understanding it i wasn't gonna ask but yeah so i had two blisters on my face they're not bad they've already popped so i guess there's a little bit of scarring here i don't think they look that bad even no they're noticeable, but I, I, I didn't freak out. But there was even this moment when it happened, and it wasn't really hurting, got the cool down. I was just like, that happens in life. <laughs> Where the old Cody would have been probably like, I'm a fucking idiot. Let me check been, this in the mirror a thousand times. You would have been texting our group chat for an hour and a half about it. Yeah, I, but I just didn't care. <laughs> I was just like, all right, well, this is a good meal. I'm still going to eat it. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah, so it... You know, maybe that's placebo effect, but I, I felt some sea change there already. And that that's encouraging. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm cured by any means. That doesn't mean that um, we're going to stop doing the podcast. So if you have a mattress company that would like to sponsor us, we will read whatever you want. We'll give you 45 minutes of the podcast to read your, your sponsor for, I'm willing to say, 50 bucks. No, let's not put a price on it. I meant each, though. 50 bucks each. Let's not do that either okay thousand dollars <laughs> okay i would I'll take that actually. okay we put a price on it that works for both no but it's it just like it, it was one of those points though where i was like okay maybe there's something to this i'm not at the point where i'm saying i can be happy i'm not at the point where i'm saying i'm cured i'm not at the point where i'm saying really anything other than this weekend, I didn't want to exist. It, it wasn't, I didn't want to die. I didn't want to exist. Now I'm like, I don't really know what I want, but I feel calm enough to say I can, I can do some of these things. So that's I mean, that's pretty something. huge. Yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe that changes tomorrow. It's not an amazing yeah. place to be necessarily, yeah. but compared to where you were before, it's like a pretty astounding leap. Yeah, and I mean, I we were at the beach and all these great things were happening and like, there's even a point where we went to the actual beach, and like I don't love sitting on the beach. I'm just an anti person. Beach stinks. Okay, that's your opinion. Going uh, to the beach is terrible. Great. If you want to expand on that specifically, or just that's just the general thing you want to throw out there. Oh, I mean, if I if I have the floor. Sure. Uh, yeah. So when you're sitting on the beach, uh, you're basically you could instead be sitting on a couch in air conditioning, but instead you're getting sunburn and surrounded by sand. It's a completely irrational and stupid thing to do. Uh, anything that you could do on the beach would be better done elsewhere. And it is absolutely insane that it's a place that people like to go and hang out. 
With that note, I think it's a good time to announce Naraka on the beach. Our next live is... It's on the beach in L.A. <laughs> yeah, in L.A. Once we get the money for Poppy to go out to L.A. Fantastic. Yes, so... We're going to have I, tomato pie. Yeah, great. With tomato pie, a half, <laughs> half-made pie, and a big bowl of spaghetti. Uh, all of Bobby's favorites. <laughs> but we were on the beach... I don't like sitting on the beach. I usually like going in the ocean. I didn't this time, one, because I was too self-conscious to take off my shirt for a couple of different reasons. Um, two, I um, just, the water was too cold and I just wasn't in the mood to like... Have like, your dick shrink up? Yeah. I mean, how much lower can we go here? And three, I'm just anxious and patient. I kind of want some ice cream and it was like the next thing and I just wanted to go up and do it. I was like, all right, we hit the beach. I was checked off the list. Let's go do the other thing. And... That's kind of a crappy feeling, too, because, like, I know you don't like the beach, but I imagine even you, to some degree, could go to the beach and be like, well, I'm at the beach, like, this is what it is, like, accept it, like, you know, not necessarily want to be there, but know your girlfriend's saying you're yeah. going to be here for two hours, so you stay for two hours. It takes me about 45 minutes to settle in and stop just, like, putting off a vibe of someone who hates his life, but sure. eventually I do just kind of accept that I'm going to have to deal with it and try to make the best of it. Yeah. Whereas me, I'm just always constantly like, okay, what what can I be doing next? What can I be doing next? It's like, there's this part of me when I'm at the beach, like, should I go back in the water? Should I go go get some food for everybody? Should I, like, see if I'm going to play football? Should I just lay down? Like, I'm all over the place at the places I'm supposed to be relaxing the most. So I'm hoping at the very least I can just draw things back and be in the moment a little bit more. That's really what I'm chasing right now. I'm not chasing some kind of, like, lottery ticket to drop in my hands i just want to be like in the moment enough that i i don't worry too much about the future don't worry too much about the past and kind of understand that whatever i'm doing is exactly the things i should be doing anyway as long as i'm smart like there's definitely this feeling like i generally have at work where if i'm working on one task that i absolutely should be working on but there's another pressing task my brain is so distracted and wants to start chipping away at that task and that's very generic thing for people. I think it's just a multitasking thing we all have to work through. But it, like, eats away at me. Like, you know, just do the thing you can do. And I think that's kind of something I'm specifically chasing for all elements of my life, where some people are just probably just chasing it for certain elements of their life. Right. You know, just doing what you can do. Do your job. You know, the motto of sports teams that have no fun. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> fuck the patience. <laughs> yeah. So, like, what I'm kind of hearing is that you're not expecting a miracle cure like you're not chasing necessarily like happiness and bliss like throughout your life because that's like kind of a myth like yeah you will come back to equilibrium like no matter what situation you're in kind of you're just basically chasing the ability to focus on what you know that you need to do and the ability to focus or the ability to like enjoy and be happy in moments when that happiness like would be there for you. Yeah. Whereas think... before you might be too anxious or not have your mind in the moment enough to enjoy those moments where otherwise you would be feeling that happiness. Yeah. I think the two biggest things and you, you hit on all of them, but it's just to put it in two words, it's, it's clarity and rationality. There's nothing to be gained from my rationality. There's nothing to be gained from me saying, you know, this thing's going to be bad because everything goes bad. That's just the pessimism thing I've been working on and it's not worked. That's how I feel about the Sixers and you always yell at me about it. It's the one thing I got, Bobby. <laughs> it's 
the one thing I'm always just too overly optimistic about. The one thing I put my dreams hopes in. But that's what I want for my life too. It's just like I survived 26 years. Some of them crap. Some of them great. I've weathered every single storm. I can't imagine the one that's finally going to take me down is that I spent too much on Red Bull and Pepsi last month that my budgets are so fucked that I, I'm going to go bankrupt. I saved money last month and was still upset that I didn't save as much money. And that's just a ridiculous thought. And that's so disrespectful to the people who can't save money that I was just like, you fucking idiot. If you drank three less Pepsis, you'd have seven more dollars. Honestly, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I have like eight dollars in the bank right now. Well, you know what, Bobby? You should take that eight dollars, go down to the track, and um, get a job application. And you can use your bus fare back to feel great about yourself for finally looking for employment, Bobby. I'm just buying a job application. No, Am no. I filling it out and trying to get a no, job? No, I'm saying you're going to need to take the bus because you don't have a car. I have a car. Why'd you need a car if you don't have a job? I have a job. Then I only eight dollars Because I have rent and student loans and shit. Oof. <laughs> and I went to L.A. and I got my car towed. <laughs> Jeez, Bobby. <laughs> I'm starting to think this L.A. trip probably wasn't the move. Uh, yeah. More, more so getting my car towed before the L.A. trip wasn't the move. For sure, for sure. The good news is, though... We're going back. We're going back, and it's all Neurotica, this money. Neurotica on the beach. <laughs> Neurotica on the beach, live from L.A., with your money, apparently. The taxpayer's money. We're going to have high and play to lure yeah. me there. Bobby, Bobby's got his $8 that he will use for snacks on the plane, and then everything else will be all-inclusive. motherfucking snacks on this motherfucking plane. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, so I, I'm, I'm excited for my future. I'm a little bit worried about yours now. Maybe we can... Completely switched to podcast is solving Bobby's life. I mean, I get I'm getting paid in like three hours, so I'll be okay. All right, three <laughs> hours. Uh, Narcotic live from Club Risque. We'll see you there. Um, this, I'm actually surprised that radio. I'm sorry, this is a complete tangent, and I think we're kind of probably the end of the point of the other conversation. Radio stations still host things from strip clubs. Just, I mean, that makes sense though. Like who. Who listens to the radio? I get it. But guys, like, guys that go to the strip club, like, the one thing I can tell you about them is that they also, like, listen to the radio. I get that, but it just still seems, like, crazy that these two things were linking. I don't know. But I guess that's, you know, that's fair to me. I mean, I'm, I'm totally for sex workers and stuff, and that's another episode for another time. Um, but it just makes me laugh that, you know, in the day and age of, you know... PC culture, you know, Bobby on Twitter calling people out all the time. Uh, I just feel like, you know, that, that's one combination that just seemingly will never die, but still somewhat seems right in the, the irony of it, so. I mean, I think, I mean, as far as PC culture and shit like that, I think that strip clubs are actually becoming, like, more acceptable because people are, you know, more in touch and, like, sympathetic to sex workers and stuff like that so like if you make if if someone like makes fun of someone for being a stripper like 10 years ago i would have like laughed and been like like fuck that person and now i'm just like oh no she's like a person and she's like trying to make money and this is a good way to do it for her like fuck you don't have such a closed mind 
Yeah, exactly, listener who's judging us right now for being right on our way to yeah. Clover's Gay after Bobby gets paid. <laughs> listener that doesn't share our exact political <laughs> yeah. and social views. Yes. Hypothetical, hopeful future listener. <laughs> yes, because right now it's Bobby listening, so if he doesn't share his own views, then Bobby does have schizophrenia, and we've been focusing on the wrong person on the podcast. That would be so good for the podcast. Do you think we can give me schizophrenia? <laughs> yeah, that would be a twist of the century. I don't know. We're we gonna look into how to get. I don't know if we can get you schizophrenia. I think we can get you to really bad car accident and see what shakes out. Huh? Something could, something could happen. Hopefully, my fucking corpse. I'm so. Dark. Or maybe we can feed you some medication that you clearly shouldn't be taking and let it fuck with your brain. Oh, okay. Well, that works too. Ooh, should we do one where we do acid? I mean, at this point, I think we kind of have to, right? Yeah. Well, now that I brought it up on the air. There's no way to get rid of it now. No. All right. <laughs> Neurotica Live. Neurotica <laughs> Live from Clubber's Gay in LA on the beach on acid. <laughs> Me and Cody are going to take acid and we're going to have mannequins holding guitars and play the Grateful Dead. And we're going to pretend that we're at a Grateful Dead show. Yeah. And that, <laughs> and that episode may or may not come out regardless of if we remember to actually turn on the audio equipment, <laughs> set it up, or be in any kind of area where that could possibly happen. All right, I'm starting to look forward to this L.A. trip now. Yeah, so <laughs> look out for Neurotica to L.A. Give us money to do it. Um, otherwise, what, what do we plug in the meantime, Bobby? Buy us acid. Buy us acid. <laughs> L.A. trip slash acid. Venmo at Coderan. Nope, don't don't give me money for acid. Give me money for L.A. Give Bobby the money for the acid. Okay. Cody will redirect it to me. Yes. <laughs> Anywho, uh, parody, parody, parody. Give us the money. Um... Yeah, Bobby. What else? You, what else you plug in? What's what's classes boring got going on lately? Um, hopefully, uh, the day this comes out, I will have a blog out about uh, one of my favorite bands who's playing their last show this Saturday. That will depend on how busy I am at work, um, and if I can get the words out and think that they're good. Um, that's the main thing right now. Just keep an eye out because you never know if something is going <laughs> to inspire me to actually fucking write. <laughs> Great. Ringing endorsements for yourself there, Bobby. Well, you know, I can't compliment my... Well, I can compliment myself, but <laughs> I'm just being realistic. Sure. Uh, what do I have to plug? Obviously, we had our live episode. Uh, we definitely want to do something like that again. Um, but right now, just kind of chilling a little bit. I do want to get back into Twitch streaming. I know I keep promising it, but I, I really do believe a lot of the mental issues that I was going through recently played a huge factor in that. That's, you know, kind of my dead zone of twitch streaming kind of lines to where things have been really bad mentally so hopefully i can get back into it if i don't it's probably a mental decision that i don't want to take on more if i do it means things have gotten better either way things are going great for me and i hope i'll see you guys on twitch soon otherwise follow me at code ran and continue to listen to the podcast we've got a lot more exciting things to come and you know we've already been having a great time recording for you and having uh big breakthroughs of whether bobby has mental illnesses or if we should drug him or not yeah oh and um also keep an eye out next week um we are going to be dropping the live pod the live pod yes while bobby will be out and bobby i'd also like to plug one more time we talked about it i believe on uh the episode with mitch the um the gofundme that we were talking about uh yeah talk about that one more time um so my friend trish uh has chronic lyme disease uh which is not recognized by the cdc and not covered by and the treatments for it therefore aren't covered by insurance 
Um, so she has a GoFundMe going to try to help her pay some of her medical expenses because, as everyone knows, if you if a church doesn't cover something, um, you get uh, in a deep hole pretty quickly. So uh, we'll link to that tomorrow. Uh, we'll put it in the start putting it maybe in the footnotes and sure. everyone uh, tweet the link at Shea Serrano because yes. whenever he uh, retweets and tries to get something going it gets funded right away um trish deserves that kind of help so tweet that link at shay serrano let's try to get him to help her get that funded or unless you know like ellen like fuck shay in that situation go straight to ellen we'll go big or go home if you know ellen personally yeah yes if you know ellen personally i mean some of us do anyway uh you've been listening to erotica thank you so much for listening we've got a lot of great things to come Bobby will probably be here pending how that drug treatment goes. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone.